G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always look forward to a Tuesday when we can touch base with Ron Ross, who has been scouring the headlines to bring us the latest breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's start with the headline that President Donald Trump has lowered expectations on the Mideast peace plan. Uh, What do those headlines look like? Yeah, he downgraded his administration's attitude to the Mideast plan from calling it the deal of the century to let's wait and see. When asked to comment on downbeat remarks by U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompei, the remarks he made uh, last week at a conference of presidents of major American Jewish organizations, Trump said, well, let's see what happens. We're doing our best to help the Middle East to get a peace plan. I think we have a good chance, but we'll have to wait and see. The Secretary of State's comments came a day before the Knesset, the parliament, dissolved itself, sending Israel back to elections on September 17. Trump also addressed Israel's political crisis, saying Israel is all messed up with their election. That came out of the blue. They ought to get their act together. Uh, He doesn't mince words. There's a story out of uh, Palestine where a Hamas leader has admitted the group receives substantial financial and military support from Iran. Now, that may have been... Uh, one of the uh, worst-kept secrets, but that seems to be uh, out in the open now, Ron. Yeah, the leader of Hamas in the Gaza Strip publicly admitted that the terrorist group was getting military and financial backing from Iran. We have developed our capability, the Israel news site Mako quoted Yahya Sinwa saying at a Hamas rally in Gaza. He said, and we have received financial and military support from Iran. We will only continue to improve our capabilities. If Iran didn't support us in recent years, we wouldn't have achieved what we have achieved. Sinwar stated that the Grad rockets fired at Israel during the last round of fighting in early May were of Iranian manufacture. The terrorist leader also slammed U.S. President Donald Trump's yet-to-be-unveiled peace plan, saying Trump wants to sell Jerusalem to the Zionists without paying a price. Well, he won't have to worry about much about that, I don't think. Okay. Uh, let's look at another headline here. An unprecedented US, Israel and Russian security meeting is to be held in Jerusalem this month. Yeah, Jerusalem will host top security officials from the USA, Israel and Russia this month to discuss regional security issues. They said this month, United States National Security Advisor... John Bolton, Israel National Security Advisor Mir Ben Shabar, and Russian Secretary of the Security Council Nikolai Patrushev will meet in Jerusalem to discuss regional issues. The meeting is expected to center around the security threat to Israel of Iranian entrenchment in Syria, 
close to Israel's border and will also address the expected withdrawal of U.S. troops from Syria. In response to the announcement, Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said, I proposed to President Trump and to Vladimir Putin to form a U.S.-Russia-Israel trilateral committee that would meet in Jerusalem to discuss the situation in the Middle East, and both of them agreed. This is unprecedented. A meeting like this has never taken place in Israel before. It sounds significant. Uh, the Those holy sites that people go to visit when they visit Israel, when they go to Jerusalem, well, uh, renovation likely to be underway before long. In fact, we're on the first renovation in generations set for the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Uh, what is the story here? Yeah, every Easter, thousands attend a holy fire ceremony at the historic site in the Old City, where many Christians believe Jesus was laid to rest. Now, after several hundred years, renovations may finally take place after an agreement was signed between the Eastern Orthodox Roman Catholic and Armenian Apostolic Churches, which have been the building's primary custodians since the Ottoman era. The multi-million dollar project will be funded by various Christian groups and the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. At a ceremony held at the Franciscan Monastery on nearby Mount Zion, leaders of the three churches signed a rare agreement. Today is really a special day, not only for us and for our communities, which are in charge of the custody of the holy places, but it's important for the holy city of Jerusalem, because everybody is now realizing and acknowledging that if Jerusalem maintains her Christian character as well, it depends on us. That was a statement by Theophilus III, the Greek Orthodox Church leader, who's officially styled as Patriarch of the Holy City of Jerusalem and all Palestine. Uh, just before we move on to the next item here, Ron, because there are an awful lot of wonderful holy sites that people visit when they go to Jerusalem, and no doubt uh, renovation is necessary uh, on a regular basis. And as we say there, uh, you know, the first renovation in generations. But uh, for these sites to be able to uh, maintain the, the level of tourist traffic and uh, to actually... Uh, be safe places, these renovations are necessary, no doubt, in a lot of the sites all around Jerusalem. Oh, it's an ongoing thing, and Israel Antiquities keeps an eye on that. Uh, security is a major factor. I remember on a number of occasions when I lived in Jerusalem, I used to ring the uh, tourist minister, Benny Elon, and express some tourists' concerns about safety in some of the locations. It's very interesting to see that these people have come to an agreement because they're generally at war with one another, fighting over who has authority over what. Uh, but you could think that the renovations and the Holy Sepulchre are way overdue. <laughs> hey, there's a story in the headlines too, a Aussie connection here with Israel and a very well-known identity, Sir Frank Lowy, the Australian billionaire and Holocaust survivor and war hero, well, he's sold off his empire, and uh, people know the Westfield name, and he's made Aliyah and moved to Israel. Uh, how's this story unfolding, Ron? It's a fascinating story for anyone that doesn't know his history. Holocaust survivor, fighter with the Israeli Haganah during Israel's War of Independence, United Kingdom knight, Australian billionaire and philanthropist Sir Frank Lowy 
is on to his next life experience moving to Israel. The 88-year-old sold his real estate empire in order to return to his beloved homeland. I feel that I'm at last home, Lowy said in an interview, aired by Israel's Channel 12. That's all. It's very simple. Born in what is now Slovakia, he and his family were in a Budapest ghetto during World War II. At 14 years of age, Lowy's father, Hugo, disappeared while trying to find an escape for his family. He was never seen again, forcing Lowy to become the man of the house at 14. Plagued nearly his entire life with wondering what happened to his father, in 1991 a man approached Lowy's son Peter, who was living in California, and told him that he had been with Hugo in Budapest when they both were arrested by the Nazis and sent to Auschwitz. Lowy's father was shot and killed upon arrival because he refused to give up his pressure and his tefillin. He could not live without his talent and tefillin, Lowy tearfully explained. Tefillin is the uh, uh, bandage or the arm, the stuff that's wrapped around the Israeli men's arms for prayer time. Lowy managed to escape to France and was caught by the British. He was interned in Cyprus before reaching Palestine. Upon his arrival at age 17, he joined a commando unit with the Haganah and fought for Israel's independence. Speaking in Hebrew during his interview, Lowry explained, When I was a lone soldier, I didn't have a penny. Everybody was eating hummus with tahina, and I ate falafel. I couldn't buy it. I was a little hungry, but I managed. In 1952, he moved to Australia with his mother and brother. By 1959, his rags-to-riches story was taking shape. He co-founded the Westfield Shopping Centre and sold it in 2017 for $33 billion. Lowry was knighted by the Queen for his contribution to the UK economy through the company he founded, Westfield, and its major investments in the UK. A man of hope, Lowry credited the BBC World Service with helping him to hold on during the war. As a young boy, he would listen to the latest war news from the radio in a bunker. It always gave us hope that help was on the way and that the war would end in our favour, he said. With Israel always close to Lowy's heart, the successful businessman and philanthropist decided it was time to return to the country he helped establish by making Aliyah, mean immigrating to Israel. The word no is not for me, he said. I don't hear it. And I like this uh, sentence he added, you always have to try, try, and try again. Well, it is a fascinating story, and uh, he's such a significant identity in Australian history. And uh, now this is the next uh, next uh, page in his life. It's interesting, and I'll just ask you this before I let you go, Ron, because uh, I think you mentioned that Frank Lowy... 88 years old. Is that typical for people in their older years doing the Aliyah thing and uh, moving back to Israel? Is it? I guess it's all ages, but uh, 88, hey, never too late? Oh, you, as you make a check of, it, of the Aliyah statistics, you'll see that many very elderly people come from America, uh, from Russia, and now from Australia because they've worked their entire life to build up the security to be able to make Aliyah. Uh, they will return to Israel with a certain amount of uncertainty, but if you've got a bit of security behind you, it's a wonderful relocation to make. And as he said, uh, 
most Jewish people, when they do it, feel like they've arrived home. Well, Ron, always so good getting the insights that you bring as you bring us those breaking news headlines out of Israel and the Middle East. Uh, love to keep up to date. Thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.